the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. If you look in Timothy, that's one of the things God says the pastor's supposed to do. Confronts, rebukes, reprimands. And that the word of God is good for. Rebuke, correction. Okay? That's 2 Timothy. So listen to this. So he pronounces a curse on them. Most likely the curse is prohibiting them from the corporate worship. Okay, you will never again, that kind of thing. We don't see the sign here that he asked them to get rid of these wives like Ezra did. This was something common. Ezra did it. He came in and cleansed it. They come in and teach on this. Nehemiah leaves and they drop right back into it. Okay. Um, he actually, some of them were actually beaten and had their hair pulled out. They were put to shame. It, most of the scholars feel because there was great, I mean, you thought there was confrontation in the other things, about throwing the guy out, about getting the, the Levites back in in the tithe. On this one, it got confrontational. Okay, I'll bet it did. Okay. But um, this strong reaction of Nehemiah to this sin uh, tells you how much he considered it of these, the most grievous, the most dangerous one was these. Why? Because that, when that happens, they started worshiping idols. And we'll see that. We're in Malachi. And he reminds them again. He goes back in history. Remember Solomon? God loved Solomon. He, he, was, he was the king, you know, Mr. Wise. This one got him. This marrying former foreign wives got him to the point where he even began to offer sacrifices to idols. Okay? You think you're better than Solomon or wiser than Solomon? You shouldn't even mess around with us. I'll put that words. And then he gives an example of how bad it's gotten. Even one of the sons of Judiah, this is verse 28, the son of the high priest, was the son-in-law of Sanbenet the Horite. So, so remember I told you the other guy that also um, stood against Nehemiah and the building of the wall? Okay. The grandson of the high priest married one of that guy's girls, Moabite. Drove that guy completely away. But I want you to understand... Again, according to the Elephantine Aramaic papyrus, and I could give you documentation on that if you want, 
this guy who's booted out, his son becomes high priest by the year 407. So how long did Nehemiah's correction last? Okay, about 60 years, just a guess. I mean, if they're right on these numbers. And according to Josephus, he was the high priest when this particular general from, from the Persian Empire comes along and imposes a tax on all animals sacrificed in the temple. That is because one of the other priests murders his brother in the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nehemiah's going, you don't understand. If you do start here, it leads there. No, not us. It had never happened in America or in our church or in our family or in my life. And uh, that guy did the murder and happened to be a friend of this general who now comes in. Now the government's taxing church. That'll never happen in America. I'll leave that. Okay? Then there's this phrase. Remember them, oh my God. Because they have desecrated the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. Now, remember me. I, I did this out of love. Matter of fact, God, just remember me out of your loving kindness. Now, God, remember them when they sin. And then in verse 30 through 31, Nehemiah just summarizes these actions he's taken. And then in verse 30, last half of 31, he says this again. Remember me, oh my God, for good. Notice he doesn't say remember me for my good. Just remember me, what I just did here in this summary, for good. Remember God, this is all about good. And that good in this is what's right, righteous and upright. Now, I want, my dad uh, did, uh, I'll call it troubleshooting for a particular denomination. And, and he would go into churches where oftentimes, literally, they owed the pastor three years' wages, or the electric bill hasn't been paid forever, and they've shut the power off. Or they've accepted, this is even back in, in the 70s, folks, where they accepted homosexuality in the church, including on the board, Okay? And my dad would have to come and do clean in house. That's really fun. And, and Nehemiah is saying here, wait a minute, I did this out of love. God, be, have your loving kindness. And remember me, this was all for the good. We don't always think that correction is for the good. We don't always think when pastor or you sit down and read that verse and goes, hey, we're not, we're supposed, uh, never mind. It's for good, our good. It's out of his loving kindness and it's for good overall when God's word speaks to us and brings correction. So that's, that's sort of my first practical or theological point is the Bible is the self-revelation of God. In the Bible, in His Word, God reveals Himself, His nature, His character, and His kingdom. And the problem is this. When we see God here, we see the same thing they saw. Oops. God is good, righteous, no. but we sure aren't. We don't measure up. 
I would suggest to you that's probably why we don't have 18 days of Bible study. I would suggest to you perhaps that's why many people never open their book during the week. Because when they read it, they go, oops. No, no, I want to read some motivational statement, take a scripture out of context. You know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, and give you the hope. That ain't about you, by the way. Okay, that's about the Jews. When, listen, when God's prophesying through Jeremiah, you're going into captivity for 70 years, and I have a plan for you. If you want to claim Jeremiah 29, 11 is yours, take the whole thing, including the captivity. Uh, yeah, I've gone to meddling now. Okay, but we want to put that up on the refrigerator. Okay, we don't say, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You don't see that on the refrigerator. As you come home griping and then dinner ain't right or whatever. We don't put those up there because that, that grabs hold and brings conviction to us. And I can lay out a bunch of other scriptures to bring conviction to you, whatever it is. But that's what happens when we get into God's word. We discover a righteous, holy God and we go, uh-oh. That's what that mercy tree and make, singing, we sing about that mercy tree and the cross, that's what makes it so amazing. You will never understand grace if you don't understand a holy, righteous God. Amen. You don't understand what that loving kindness towards you is, really is when you realize you're not worthy of any of it. That's what the word of God will do to us. And we're not going to like the next part. Okay? God excluded some people from the corporate worship because the unregenerate cannot worship God. Those who aren't saved is what term we use here in America, I guess. And therefore, we shouldn't structure our worship to make it acceptable to the unregenerate. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 through 14. The Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Now we have received, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak. Paul's talking about his preaching, okay? Not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the spirit Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. This is a spiritual journey. My preaching's a spiritual thing, his teaching. Okay? But the natural man, the unregenerated man, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Well, why don't they? They are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them. The unregenerated lack the ability to understand spiritual things. And Paul's saying, my preaching's a spiritual thing, not a natural thing, okay? They are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritually, who is spiritual, appraises all things spiritually. Yet him, as he himself, is appraised by none. Let me put it this way. The un- the natural man don't get to appraise the spiritual dude, the things we do. They don't get to do that. Okay? Because they don't understand them. They think it's foolishness. So our worship shouldn't have anything to do with the opinions of the unregenerated. Yeah, I know. Okay? Why? 
because Jesus himself says God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. When you're spiritually dead, sorry, can't be done. Now, I'm not saying that they can't sit in a worship service, the unregenerate, the unsaved can't. Yeah, of course they can. Because God works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. So we better make sure the songs we're singing are right with the scripture. Okay? But we don't decide what this looks like based on what the world says. I like this. This is what makes me feel comfortable. This is what I, you know, I'd come if you'd do that. I bet you you'd come too if I offered beer and whiskey. But I ain't doing it. If I put ladies up front dressed, yeah, yeah, you'd come. Now, you all look at that and say, that's crazy. We would never do that. Boy, do I got some videos of some churches worship to show you. Anyway, and I think the reason, one of those reasons that they're excluded in this sense is the cultural influence that's so big here that Nehemiah, it's the one that Nehemiah goes off on. When you, you looked at the ungodly things, they're women. And you know what? That, that, that looks good. I mean, you know, what's it going to hurt? And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you start right there, you end up over here in idolatry. You start over here because what, what something from the world looks good. They dress different than these Hebrew women. And so on. And he says, as soon as you do that, you start down the wrong path. And he goes after that one. It goes after that Malachi. Okay? It's not about, about the woman. It's about the fact that they're not godly women. And the appeal of the ungodly thing to the natural eye. Do not love the world, John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. I know you've heard this part. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now listen to the next part. Put it in context. Okay? Don't love the world, nor the things of the world. Okay? If you love the world, you don't love God. For all that is in the world is hot babes and distractions. Yeah, I just said that. Ready? All that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It is not from the Father, but is from the world. They looked with the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and maybe a little pride. Look what I got on my arm. And they made their decision because that thing, that's the thing they valued, was what brought pressure to their eyes and their flesh more than what the Word of God said. To the point that even then, the preachers, if I could say it like that, are doing it. Probably started there, to be honest. The influence that that has when you start making decision on what looks good, feels good to your flesh. And that includes worship. Oh, wait a minute. It could be either way. It doesn't have to be non-hymners or hymn singers. Okay? Because hymns could touch my flesh too. They want some neat emotional thing at some event. They bring a bunch of bagpipers out who play Amazing Grace. Nothing wrong with Amazing Grace. But it invokes feelings and Multiple generations because it's been around forever. I have a question for you today. Whose language does your children speak? Or do your children speak? What language do your children speak? Do they speak the language when you listen to them? Listening, you're not, you're, they don't know you're, you're listening through the door. 
and you're listening to your children speak, let me ask you a question. Do they speak language of church or do they speak language of the world? Now let's get real. If you're talking about cars, that's, you know, cars are really neutral things. I'm going to be honest, they don't have to be. You can lust after them too and bury yourself in debt because you got pride and you want to look a certain way. But in general, I ask yourself, as you're listening to your children, what has the greatest influence in your home? The things of God or the things of the world? In this case, Nehemiah used that to measure what was happening in the home. How, is, how, is, how much influence is the world having on them? Listen to their kids. But I want you, I want you to think about it a minute. And let's take it, skip there, let's just take it church. In the church realm only. Your song that you like, you can quote verbatim. How much scripture can you quote? Especially that that's long. Your song can go on for three minutes, four minutes, however long. And you could sing it blindfolded. Can you quote that much scripture? There is something about music that invokes emotions. There's something about music that helps us remember. Then sing scripture. Just a thought. I, I actually, I think I reposted it here. Paul Washer had said something recently at the G3 conference. I'll ask you to do something this week. Compare your screen time to your time with God. Just a thought. Okay. I think something else that comes into here is the idea of inculcation or repetition in teaching. That's what to inculcate means. We forget we have the tendency towards idolatry. We have the tendency to make idols in our lives. We forget that. And what happens is when the leader of the movement, the spiritual movement, is going, goes out of town for a while and they stop teaching, things go off. When they stop exegeting and getting into the Word of God, things start to go awry. Okay? Go look at the book of Judges. You see a similar pattern there. We forget that left on our own, we make ourselves God, our desires, our pleasures, our wants. That's what we tend to do, to make the relationships so we rent out a chamber to a family member because that's the... And, and, and Well, I don't want to mad at me at Thanksgiving. I'll come back to that in a second, just so I can disturb you a little bit. God's Word has to be before you regularly, often. We just have that, t- we forget. No, 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 that's, that's those people over there have those statues in the churches they pray to. They, 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 they have a tendency towards idolatry, not us. Yeah, we do. We just don't put a statue up. We might put up more mirrors, though. Then number six is this. Remember, Nehemiah saying this. Remember, God, when everybody else was going the other way, I was the voice of truth. This Thanksgiving, when they're sitting around and talking about, you pick the subject, or will you go, I want to be the voice of truth in this one. Truth meaning God's word. Your word is truth. Okay, John 17, 17. Are you, could you be the one to say, remember God, when, when it was going crazy and everybody else was running one way, I was the voice of truth. Remember that, God, out of your loving kindness, be merciful for me because I stood for your truth when everybody, nobody else was. 
You can amen, but you'll find out how hard that is. Out there, not in here. Here it's easy. But out there it's a little tougher. Okay? When, here they talk about marriage, right? Well, Joe wants to marry Fred, and you shut up in silence. Yeah, they've taken marriage that far today. I mean, it's not even the other side of that. Will you be the voice? Will you be the echo of God's word in your world when everything else says that's foolishness? I want you to recognize this too. They won't understand it because they're not able. But you'll be able to stand before God and say, remember, I know they won't understand it. That's your job, God, to get it through their thick head, not mine. But I was the preacher, the proclaimer of truth when everything around me was the other way. I can't imagine being one of those prophets where God said, I want you to go proclaim the truth, confront, rebuke, and correct. Oh, by the way, they won't listen. But the prophet, pick one, they still had the obligation to do it. He looked at Moses and says, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Oh, by the way, they won't. But that's all right. It's the opportunity to show my glory when they won't. You want to see God do mighty things? Proclaim the truth when they won't hear it, when they won't listen to it. And what are you going to do when somebody's standing at the back door? This is originally, Dr. James White talked about this in a video. What are you going to do when you're standing at the door? There's a guy there from the government. When you walk in the door, no longer do you, you don't get a tax exemption anymore for any kind of giving to fill that storeroom, if I'll use that now. But he's standing at the door room like we see a generation or two later, and they're taxing you because you're a Christian. Now can you be the voice of truth? Or you just don't mention you're a Christian. It saves you some money. Oh, I know, not you. I'm sure it'd never be you. Be careful. When that spiritual arrogance, I suggest you get back into the word of God and you go, oh yeah, that'd be me. Okay, now that does mean this. Every day, I'm, every time I'm in the word, it leads me to Repentance. Why? Because it convicts. It shows me that I... And so every day, repentance should be a habit in the life of the believer. Now, I thank God that His mercy and grace and His righteousness, not my righteousness, it's the righteousness of God that's given to me, of Jesus that's given to me. I thank God for that. But still, because I love God, out of that motivation of God, I stand for the truth and at the same time read the truth and say, I repent. See, too many people think because you read that book and you look back and you say, wait a minute, I don't meet the standard. For some reason, you can't proclaim God's standard. I hate to tell you, if that was the case, nobody would have ever preached. And I'm going to end with Luke chapter 5. Jesus is coming. There's a big crowd pressing in against him, against the lake, Sea of Galilee, that big lake there. And, and he needs room and he needs them to hear. So there's some guys over here mending nets. Hey, excuse, excuse me, can I borrow your boat? Gets in the boat. Pete lets out the boat, so they get a little further out. How many of you have been on a lake? You know how sound carries. So, so he preaches. We don't know how long he preaches from that boat. Then he's going to pay Pete for the use of his boat. Cast out further in the deep. Peter knows what he wants to do. Um, excuse me, uh, you're the theologian, but I'm the fisherman. 
and there's no fish out there. We fished all night, and we know how to fish. You're not going to catch anything, but because you said so. I mean, I appreciate what you're trying to do here. Goes out. They catch so much fish that another boats have to come help because their boat's going to sink. What is Peter's response to a mighty work of God? A miracle that's going to meet his financial need for a while. He shouts, dance up and down, reads his name on television because he got blessed. Uh-uh. Here's what he says. Get away from me, for I am a sinful man. So Peter can't preach, right? You need to go to Acts. He presents the first sermon ever in the church. The guy who looked at Jesus when he saw who God is, he says, I'm a sinful man. And he still preached. He still proclaimed the truth when everything else was against him. Let's stand. Father, I thank you for your word is truth. God, I thank you that it convicts, shows my weaknesses, my sinfulness. And I thank you, God, that Jesus Christ atoned for every one of them before I was ever born. But God, I, I like everyone else, we, I have the tendency to build my own idol. Help us, God, not to be so arrogant to think it would never be us. God, help us, remind us that we need to be in your word every day, multiple times a day if we can, because of that tendency. God, help us to recognize, too, it is your righteousness, your righteousness that sanctifies us, that makes us able to stand before you, to understand those spiritual things. But God, you've called all of us to be the voice of truth in a world that denies it, mocks us for it, and in many parts of the world persecutes for it. God, give us the strength, the courage to be the voice when everything else is going against your word. God, I pray that we never bring a curse upon ourselves by acting contrary, by embracing the world to where the point the next generation speaks the wrong language. Help us, O oh God, in your grace and your mercy, I pray. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams, and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media. And there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC PO Box 32, Nampa, Idaho 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.